Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Blue Mountain Village Voices. I'm your host, Andrew Sigwart, and joining me today is Sydney Davidian. We had a great conversation with local cycling advocate, Bill Abbotts. Bill is also the recipient of the Province of Ontario's Senior of the Year Award for the Town of Blue Mountains. He's such a great guy. Yeah, he really is. And it's such a huge accomplishment. Um, He came in here with so much energy and so much to talk about for the cycling community in order to get Blue Mountain where we want it to be. And uh, it was great to have him on. Bill is a real go-getter. He rolls up his sleeves. He helps out where he can. And he really is what I would call a community leader. So let's jump right into it and enjoy this discussion. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Great, great. Should be out cycling today, but we'll get this done quick. We'll get this done quick and then maybe we can go for a ride after. Deal? Deal. Awesome. All right. Tell us what brought you to the town of Blue Mountains. Basically, after returning from Australia by boat 40 years ago, family brought us back. I'm fifth generation here, and it was an easy place to come to after we lived in Australia and built our boat there and sailed it back here. We had retired on the front end, and we traveled quite a bit for seven or eight years. Turns out TBM was the best place for us. Absolutely the best. Life has been great to us here. A good career at Blue for 21 years community care access center in in Owen Sound for five years. Now I've been retired for about 10 years. And now you're you're taking up the charge and uh, <laughs> volunteering your skills and efforts and helping us be the best community we can be. I try and do lots of positive things. I, I get a little upset sometimes with social media and all the negativity there. It frightens me. Yeah. Because I don't think some of those people are seeing the bigger picture. Well, and I think you are someone that focuses on the positive, and that's really what you're all about. And that leads us to celebrate this award that you were just honored with, which is the Provincial Award Senior of the Year for the Town of Blue Mountains. Congratulations. Thank you. How does that feel? It feels great. But first of all, it should have my wife's name, Sue, on it, too, because we've been supporting each other for over 50 years in all our endeavors. So it's been a team effort. Uh, I was on Thornbury Council for nine years when it was just Thornbury and I, when I returned and uh, I worked on, on the harbour development. So that's sort of where some of this started. I've been actively working behind the scenes ever since for all sorts of projects, whether it be Marsh Street or paved shoulders or waterfront access for the masses or trying to get some housing. I worked for Habitat for Humanity and there's lots and lots of other people that have supported us along the way. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were on town council back when it was a different municipality. What was that experience like? It was pretty hectic. I, I'm not a great uh, person for for all the paperwork and, and the plans, and, and that I, I'm more of a roll, roll up your sleeves, yep. 
I went to Ottawa. Perrin Beatty was was our member at the time, and and uh, John Crosby was minister. And we went to Ottawa on a, a holiday, and I stopped in to see them. And my kids said, "You can't go in there." And I said, "He pulls his pants on one leg at a time, just like me." That's right. Let's go see him. That's see right. What he's got to say. Yeah, and I would imagine for you as a representative, you probably had that mindset where people came to you all the time, and you, I, I would imagine knowing you, you, you probably had that mindset. It was a little different back then. It was it's council council members were it was a lot different. So yeah, yeah we had some people come to us, but we we didn't have near the the social media or or any of those other things, and so. Yeah. It would be the odd phone call and and on the street type of thing. Yeah. Well, you bring up an interesting perspective because you've seen community engagement and politics change. You know, like you said, you've been involved in a lot of committees. You've been uh, a contributor. Do you think we're in a place now where community engagement has grown for the better? Or do you think we're taking steps back? That's a tough question, Andrew. I I think the politicians need to be a little more definite and stronger and think more about the bigger picture. Mm. And some of them are reacting too much. I hate to say it, but nimbyism. Like it's, it's they got to be stronger, I think, than, than they are now. Yeah. Some of them. It's taking leadership, isn't it? Making tough decisions. That- yeah. You, you got to, you got to think of the bigger picture and the, the, the full Full city, the full or the full town, the full province, the full country, not just what's in this backyard. I understand that, and I I, I relate to that. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that as a, as a conversation point, but I, I think you're bang on. Why do you think it's important to volunteer in our community? The community has been good to us, Sue and I, and Joe and Jennifer and, and Caroline and and all our family. I believe you got to pay it forward a little bit. People have been good to me all over the world. I've hitchhiked all around Europe for a year and a half, and people picked me up and gave me this and gave me that. And I think it's important that you give back, and that's what Sue and I are doing. And also, there's many, many, many other people behind the scenes. If, if I need an email blast, I have a lot of people that can send an email. So this is how we got uh, Paved Shoulders on Frogs Hollow Hill in Meaford. Mm-hmm. We had... Over 200 emails into the counselors there, saying that this this is a safety issue and you got to do it. And finally, we got it done. And that's just an example. A lot of people back us up. Yeah, yeah. It's a really important point you raise. It's it's you volunteer, and it's not necessarily about what you do specifically, but it's about the connections you make and you you work with people to achieve things, which I think is important. Relationships. Yeah. Relationship. I have great relationships with a lot of different, the deputy mayor in Meaford, I can call her up. Some of the councillors here in Thornbury, I can call up and say, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. And here's why. And here's an alternative. Like, you got to be positive. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're also offering solutions. So how do you, you know, how do you get to find solutions? Do you do your own research? Do you talk to others? What sources do you use to come up with those ideas? All of those things, yeah. yeah. Talk to the to the people on the street that that know. Like, there's this quiet, silent majority out there that's not being heard, and it's important that I, I know they have a communications uh, committee, but I really don't think that the silent majority 
is getting their message. I think it's a loud, loud few that are, are getting their message across. Yeah. And I, what? I don't know. I don't know the solution except yeah. go bike with a group, go walk with a group, go down to the beach, go play tennis, whatever. But talk to all the people. Mm. Connect with people where they are, as opposed to waiting for uh, them to come to you. That's good advice. What have you learned about yourself through your volunteer work? It kind of comes naturally. My my wife is involved in the church. My mom was involved in the church. My dad, my dad was uh, less involved in things. He was more of a a hunter and a trapper and and whatnot, but. It's nice to see some of the projects come to fruition. We got paved shoulders on Gray County Road 31, which is not in the Blue Mountains, but it's regional. We we, we have to think more regional anyway. Yeah. So we got great paved shoulders on Gray 119, and it was really good. People told us we couldn't get it done. But again, with all the help and and good presentations and emails and relationships, we got it done. And it was really great to see that. Yeah. And it's hugely safer. The road will last longer. Like I'm starting to preach here to the, to the converted <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, it, it's it was great to see some of these projects. Frogs Hollow Hill, uh, the harbor. I think that's part of what makes it worthwhile. Seeing the outcomes, getting the results. Yeah, and leaving a legacy where <clears throat> where my family, my kids, my grandkids. All, they all ride bikes. Yeah, I mean, my my two year old was on on a bike before he could walk. So. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, at least something out there. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people in the community know you for your cycling advocacy and and all the great accomplishments. Um, you know, where did your love of cycling begin? How, how did you, where where did you start? Uh, yeah, background on my my computer at home is a picture of my mom in nineteen forty one on her bicycle, straddling her bicycle. So that, that's, before I was even born, there, were, there was cycling in, in my blood. And then I used to uh, deliver papers as a, as a school, uh, school kid. I had a, a bike and my dad made boxes on the back to put oh. my papers in. And I have a picture of, again, of, uh, of my sister sitting on the boxes. So yeah, I, I, at university, I had a, a bike to get around. I had a girl's bike because I thought it would get stolen less, but <laughs> we, we, had a, <clears throat> we had a lot of it stolen and then unstolen. I think it was the original bike share. Uh, the original <laughs> bike share, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've had a bike most of my life, one way or the other. What do you think cycling does for uh, an individual? My daughter just sent me a, a thing, the 60 minutes of cycling, and it had all the good things about it. I, I don't remember them all, but basically it, it's my health, mm-hmm. my physical health and my mental health. At 75, I need to I need to keep in shape. I need to keep moving. I need to keep my mind active and I need to keep it calm when, when necessary. So if you go out on your bike, once you get up to the top of the hill, because we have to climb the escarpment here all the time. Yeah. Once you get up to the top and you look at the views... Different days are different with the flowers, the the, the roadside flowers, the the deer, and the and the, the all the all the other things that you see out there, and they just just go just calms you. Yeah, uh, that's part of why I cycle. And I guess some people could get that from taking a drive. 
But there's something about achieving that on your bike, isn't there? I, I have a, a limited uh, brain capacity or what you would call a, a walking's too slow for me. Uh, Driving's too fast. You miss <laughs> too much. So cycling seems to be a balance. It's that happy medium. A happy medium for me anyways. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, our cycling community is very strong. Our local cycling community, but also we attract a lot of people from all around Canada. In fact, the world to cycle here and cycling is uh, uh, a hot topic in a lot of our policy work. What do you think? This is a, a, a three level question. What do you think we need to start, stop or keep as it relates to cycling? Like what, what are the things we need to focus on and what, what do we need to change? When I was thinking about something like this, I thought more education for all our road users. We had a, a great stakeholders group together before COVID mm-hmm. that was starting to do videos, starting to do other programs and, and things because we need we need the cyclists to behave. We also need not to be buzzed by trucks or, or cars on the road. So this group pre-COVID was together starting to get videos and starting to do programs, but it hasn't been rejuvenated. We need to rejuvenate that committee as far as I'm concerned yeah. because education, we've got to educate more. I, I've always been with the idea that the more cyclists there are on the road, the more the motorists are going to know that we're going to be on the road. And it has got a lot better. I've been buzzed a lot less every year for the last 10 years, but there's still the odd vehicle that comes too close. Can you explain what the experience of being buzzed is like? Personally, all, all the hair stands up like a, like it's like a shiver Mm. and a shake. And, and you think, Oh my God, if I had a, had to move over for a, a, a for a pothole or a little bit of glass or a, or something on the road, and he hits me at thirty. I'm going to be damaged. At forty, I'm going to be damaged more. At fifty or eighty, I'm going to be dead. Yeah, the stakes are high. Yeah, yeah, we're the most vulnerable users out there. That, and, and it's not just the cyclists. There's so many more pedestrians with COVID. As I go out in the country now, there's so many people pole walking. And there's some of these great people are picking up the garbage because of buffoons that are throwing it out one way or the other. I always stop and thank them because they're doing us a great service. And again, you're you're traveling at a slower pace. You can see that stuff, right? You yeah. You can pick it up. Yeah. yeah. And you see it worse in the spring. I know. Ooh. I know. I hate that. Yeah. I go out of my way to try to do that. And I know there's a lot of groups that organize great clean up the, the the pathways but i feel like covid-19 has sort of put a lot of that on the back burner what 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 was it like for you retired uh but very engaged in the community doing a lot of volunteer work what how did you how did you react to covid how did that impact your life it scared the hell out of me it was a thing that that changed all, like nobody knew exactly what we were dealing with and it changed as we went along and again i tried to look at Okay, yeah, now they know this. So they're telling us to wear a mask. Now they know this. They're telling us this, this, and this. Other people, <laughs> I get so upset with some some of the people. For me, we usually go to Florida in November for the month. We couldn't do that last year. Mm. Probably can't do it this year. I usually go to Cuba in the winter for a month to, to cycle. Uh, I want to go to back to Australia for another winter. 
Can't do any of those things right now. It's a loss, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. It's hurting families. Yeah. Because you got some people in the family don't want vaccinated. What what do you do? You you almost have to say, okay, if you don't want to be vaccinated, we'll see you when you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that hurts. Hurts like hell. Back to our conversation about start stop for cycling. Um, what do you think we're getting right in terms of cycling infrastructure? You mentioned we've got some paved shoulders and some investments there. What other things are we doing well? Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We started an education. I talked to the, to the OPP. I'm, I'm fairly good friends with a couple of the uh, upper uh, OPP guys. And yeah. they they are seeing less issues and we have to get everybody singing from the same songbook because some OPP officers are saying this. Some are saying that I ride with a judge and I ride, I ride with a, a, a retired OPP and they're telling me what these rules are. There's different rules for different interpretations of these mm-hmm. rules. It's difficult. What else are we doing? Well, uh, there's so many different kinds of cycling, so many facets. There, there's events, there's road, there's gravel, there, there's uh, e-bikes, there's fat tires, there's mountain biking. There's so many facets of it. So it's it's hard to to uh, cater to everything that all these different groups need. That's so that's different. a good point, isn't it? Yeah, it's not the cycling community. They're diverse themselves. Absolutely. What what can you explain, expand on some of those trends a little bit like the fat bike? And, and I think that's more geared to winter, isn't it? Yes, more geared to winter. Some of the fat bikes I've seen in the summer in the in the uh, bush trails. Right. The the guys that ride mountain bike in Kalapur, Lori or, or three stages, they need parking because they they don't bike to where they to where they go, so they need parking. Uh, the road bikes, when they're in groups, they also need a place to stage from, like Rockland or Beaver Valley Community Center. The touring people, there's touring uh, that's completely supported, like our Great Waterfront Trail Adventure that, that was here in a couple of weeks ago. That's completely supported, so you don't the bikes just bike. And then there's the cross country people you see coming down from Tobermory with, with their panniers and I don't know where they camp. I'm, I'm sure some of them just find a field along the way and camp, and, but they're completely self-contained. Yeah. So yeah. And the e-bikes more and more and more e-bikes out there. Have you taken an e-bike for a spin at all? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe when I get old. 
<laughs> exactly. Save that for a later time. Uh, I, I'm in the same camp as you. It's a really interesting point that you raised that I hadn't thought of, and that is that a lot of cyclists require the similar infrastructure that motorists require in terms of parking or other um, or other supports. So in a way, there's some real alignment there. So uh, whether it's a motorist coming here to enjoy the the outdoors or a cyclist, you kind of all need to align on getting better parking, better, you know, places like Metcalf Rock or Kolapur. Do, do you see that those uh, communities are getting better alignment working together? I think you're going to touch on it later in the transportation master plan. Yeah. And, and I, I was one of the stakeholders in the, in the leisure activities plan. And I always brought that up that, that uh, waterfront should be open to everybody that there's a way at Bayview park that we can make more parking there when, when we have uh, jazz in the park or several other uh, things that I, that I suggested, there's a lot of crossover between the leisure activities plan and the transportation master plan. I'm trying to be a stakeholder on the transportation master plan too. That's good. <laughs> it's good. You, you bring an important voice to all those. So you kind of have to. Yeah. Tourism and cycling go hand in hand. So uh, we have a lot of visitors who cycle here. How do you think we stack up with some of the great cycling destinations in the world? We have, we have great terrain here for cycling events because we have the, the escarpment for climbing and we have the nice long areas and we have the what you can do in a, in a loop. So we have really good uh, terrain for events. And we've run them for the last number of years. Centurion, I don't know how many years now, maybe 10 or 12. Yeah, more than 10, yeah. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's run its cycle with events. Uh, I'm not sure about this, the, the future of events. We may need to find different ways to control intersections because the OPP may not be available. So yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to run all sorts of events. Niagara has uh, a lot of uh, touring to the wineries, etc., like Steve Bauer and, and various other tours. We may be able to do that here. Uh, that may be an opportunity. Again, we have the escarpment that is a bit of a barrier to it, so we have to figure out how do we get the people up there? Do we keep the bikes up there? I know Patty's, uh, Patty's having a little challenges with, with the pedal and paddle yeah. because how do you get the people to the top? That's right. It, it, it is a, a barrier for that group of people. Some of the other uh, road warriors love it. They they love the climbing. Well, it's it's tough because you want to be as accessible as possible, right? But sometimes that you you can't. And I think you're you're touching on a really important point, which is with increased congestion, more uh, residential growth, even more more tourists. It's not as easy to to close off a road temporarily for an event. So the the nature of our destination will change. Uh, maybe more independent cycling versus organized cycling. Is that something that you've seen in other places around the world? Um, yes and no. If you go to Spain or or um, the islands, but whatever it is, Balearics or whatever, yeah, they have they use cycling tourism as one of their main things and their roads are narrower than ours and they don't have but they're known as a place that there's going to be cyclists i i don't know when i was there the, the motors seemed to to uh uh you know allow us a little more room sometimes a little be a little more respectful it's respect both ways yeah but, 
And is it possible that they they have a, a long history? So like it it, uh, it builds over time, and maybe we're in our infancy. Would you think is that a fair statement? Yeah, I guess like in Italy you have the Giro, in in France you have the Tour, in in Spain right now the Vuelta is going on. So they have more history with cycling. Absolutely. Yeah, we're in our maybe in our infancy, and and we need to provide the some of the structure. Like one of the things that I'm I'm thinking we need the transportation master plan is something I, I, I'm trying to get involved in more and more. I was involved in the uh, Gray County Cycling and Trails Master Plan, mm-hmm. and it talks about routes. And I'm thinking that cycling has changed a lot. It's changed from just road warriors and whatnot. Gravel bikes, e-bikes, people want to explore. Basically, all the roads in the two town of the Blue Mountains, and the region, because we've got to think regionally. I bike through four communities when I go for a ride. Of course. we got to think of it as all the roads are cycling, uh, what, what people are going to use for cycling, and we need spines for them to get there. The tenth line, I think, should be a spine right from Clarksburg to 119. It should be wide. It should have paved shoulders. Yeah. And then once they're out there, if you go over 119, that, that can be a quieter road because there, there's not the traffic on it. Yeah, it makes sense. It's you're, you're following what traffic, uh, taking the best, I guess, best practices from motor traffic planning to apply it to cycling, which is get your spine, your main corridors, and then you have your offshoots and yeah. connect it all. Yeah, they can go up 21 to, to go up to Loree and, and do a loop. There, and then there's some great gravel just below Loree that that they can do uh, the fourth line across and, and then up up into the top end of three stages is gravel road. So, But there's pavement on the fourth line. Anyways, I, <laughs> I ride it all. So, <laughs> so how, do you do, how do you ride all that terrain uh, in one ride? What type of bike do you have that allows you to do that? Well, I have four bikes <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but you can't take four bikes on one no. ride, right? You need one no. that's... If I'm going out for a ride this afternoon and I'll go from home, I, I try and stay away from this end of the, the municipality and I probably go up to Walters Falls and or Williamsford or, or Bogner. And I would take a, a, a road bike with mm. the skinnier tires. If I was going to do uh, Loree and, and some of the gravel roads up into the top of three stage, I, I have another bike with wider tires. Okay. So the route I take depends on... Is that a, called a hybrid? Yeah, hybrid, but it it's a gravel bike, okay. basically. They, hybrid, gravel bike, but there's so many different kinds. For sure. <laughs> I guess that's a hard <laughs> just, part, right? Just, just as many different kinds of bikes as there are different kinds of riding. That's right. Well, I think... It's a point you raise that's really smart as um, oh, cycling is diverse and so our planning has to be has to factor that in. You mentioned the transportation master plan. What do you think the cycling community is most looking for from that initiative? Like what 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 would make it a success? It's gotta be regional. Yeah. Because there's no use going well night one nineteen 19 connects and 6th Street, you can go into Collingwood. So that's connected already. But there's other roads. 31 goes out to 
Loretta or or whatever. It's got to be regional because, like I say, I I would go through f- at least four different communities and three or four different levels of road, whether municipal, county, uh, highway. Sometimes, yeah, as mi- little as possible, but sometimes. Great counties recently had a cycling and trails master plan, and it's pretty much Great County. They have a little bit connected, but not as much as as I was hoping for when I that was three or four years ago when we started. When that. it started, yeah, yeah. Meaford's just just had a transportation master plan, and there's a lot of cycling in it, but it's Meaford, right? Again, it's, one other municipality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just finished, and it, it's going to council in September. I've got a quite a long letter that's <laughs> that's going to go in on that one. You raise a good point because it's it's regional. All these municipalities are doing these versions of plans, but if they're disconnected, as a as a local resident, you have to think about being engaged. I guess in in all these places. So how do you yes. do that? How, like how do you carve out the time to, to stay on top of all that, Bill? Well, I don't know. However, had time to work because <laughs> I wouldn't have now for sure. Yeah, I, I watch the agendas from like four different municipalities. Yeah, probably Collingwood, Grey Highlands. Well, not so much Grey Highlands, even though Collingwood, Town of the Blue Mountains, Meaford, and Grey County. I watch all those. And Brendan Matheson from from Simcoe County is a is a, a huge, great resource. Yeah, great, he great really is. guy, and he, such a, a, a an enthusiastic ambassador for cycling. It's wonderful. So he kind of he kind of looks after that. Brian Plumstead in Gray County has been a great, great uh, uh, help with the cycling community to to get things keep things going. Pat Hoy, the the roads guy, the the uh, current uh, director of roads, is, is also on board most of the time. I I talk to Pat from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Whenever That's they're going to build roads, I want to know ahead of time so I can make sure that they, we can make sure that they're considering paved shoulders. That's right. You have to raise that all the time, don't you? You've got to remind people. Yeah. Theoretically, they have a, a, a paved shoulder policy, but sometimes they, they kind of forget it. It costs money. Yeah. Up front for paved shoulders. And we keep harping on the fact that it pays for itself in 15 years because the road will last longer because the big trucks don't go out and break the edges off. Yeah. Uh, Meaford didn't put anything about a paved shoulder policy in their transportation master plan. I, I was very disappointed with that. These things uh, need to happen, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Because n- now we have to watch every try. We, we have to try and get up on every construction project they're doing to make sure that they consider it. How optimistic are you that we will be able to think regionally in the years ahead? If we don't, we're dead. We need to, we have to, we must. Uh, they have a mayor's, uh, mayor and CAO's uh, uh, group together right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that one gets a little stronger. They're meeting monthly. I, I know that's enough or not, but when I go out, like I say, I, I'm in four different regions on three or four different levels of roads. And a lot of people don't even know it. They don't know I'm on a road. I don't care whose it is. It's just got to be what yeah, I need. Of course. Uh, so many people think that way. I mean, you don't know those different uh, territories 
as a user, even if you live here regularly, you, you, it's easy to not pay attention to that. Yeah. And, and why should you? That's right. Yeah, it's, it's true. Why should you? It's a very good point. <laughs> we have talked a lot about attainable housing and we've talked about it from the vantage point of young families, uh, uh, workforce, um, uh, single, uh, young single people. And we know we have a lot of work to do. From our, our senior population, do you think that we're uh, meeting the needs of attainable housing for seniors right now? No. No. And th- this is a little selfish because eventually I'm going to get old. <laughs> eventually. I don't think it'll ever happen. But. Well, they may be carrying me out of my house in a box. Never mind. But <laughs> Probably but, on a bike. On a bike. <laughs> I think I think we have to uh, I don't know how to phrase this nicely, but we had a what seemed like a nice project, a good project behind what is the Thornberry Clinic now. Yeah. A few years ago. I don't know if you were here. I remember, or remember it. it. And NIMBYism killed it, I think. And it would have been a great project. You, you would have had your when you couldn't live in your own home and you need a little bit of assistance, there was something there. And then there was a stage next and then there was a stage. Oh, it's a great next. concept. And the clinics right there, it, it would have been wonderful, but it got killed. And then just recently they had one, a similar type of scenario out Alice street, which is near where I live. And I think maybe, I don't know whether I can say this or not. Greed killed that. All of a sudden the land price went through the roof. Mm. So that one is on hold. I, I know my, my, my dad, he needed more care. He, he had to go to me for, right. for, for the care he needed. My mom was luckier. She lived in Maple Villa in her later years. So that was a, an, a I th- what do you call it, when they partially paid? Oh, it was like gear, there was a partial income, support? Yeah, yeah guaranteed income, income sort of scenario. Yeah. And that used to be mostly for older folks. And now there's all sorts. It's full of families, and I, I don't know what the waiting list is. So it must be high. And yeah. Imagine for you, you're in it. In, well, let me ask you: you're in an interesting position. So you, you yourself, uh, you're looking toward the future, want to see housing that's going to help you, uh, you know, uh, maintain your quality of life, and and also you have children in the community, and you want to see them do well and stay, right? So, yeah. in response to some of those challenges you've you've observed, what do you think we need to do to get there? I think I mentioned it before. The politicians need to step up and think of the bigger picture, right? And be leaders. I think I first heard this from Dan Skelton when when he was talking about you can stick 50 signs in your front lawn and stop anything almost. And he said that the he said the leaders need to step up. I heard him say that and I thought right on Dan. Right on. You're right. It is leadership. And Bill, I think you are bringing that leadership to the community through your volunteer work, through your advocacy. And, uh, you know, what advice do you have for the young advocates and the community builders? It's not necessarily a lot of money that people earn in the social sector or you're a volunteer, you're doing it all, you know, on your own time. Um, what advice do you have for people who have passion, but might not get the resources to support it? What, what's your advice for them on how to uh, bring that grassroots leadership to communities? Relationships. I think you may not have voted for him, but he's there, build a relationship. Then, uh, 
relationships with with your peers, with your friends. Build those relationships, and and uh, you'll find somebody to give you a poke here that helps and push there, and and then just think think about it. Like, where can I find out the more information? I know more about how to build a road now than I ever imagined I would. But I know more than a lot of the people that are actually making the decisions on building roads or not building roads or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I try to pass that along gently sometimes. <laughs> sometimes not not so gently. <laughs> you got to bring passion, don't you? Yes. You, I guess I have some of that for, you absolutely for what do. I do. And great advice. Uh, I think you are right on the money and focusing on relationships is, is exactly the way to go. Uh, well, thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for your time. I think your advice on relationships, your advice on working with others and listening and uh, being of service are, are really important ingredients to a strong community. So thanks for all your work. And Congratulations to you and Sue on your uh, recognition for uh, Senior of the Year. And, and we look forward to working with you uh, in the seasons ahead. Good. I'll, I got your number. I'll, I'll be giving you a call. <laughs> call me anytime. You're in the Transportation Committee now where, where I, I was, but I couldn't stay there because I had too many conflicts. Yeah, exactly. I wanted, I wanted to do things so much different. So yeah, you're in the position that, that I had originally. So <laughs> I'm going to be calling you more. You call me anytime, <laughs> uh, anytime. Uh, happy to. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Blue Mountain Village Voices, a production of the Blue Mountain Village Association. For more, go to bluemountainvillage.ca. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.